With all the noise in the world, do you hear the voice of God? Your calendar tells you what to do, but do you remember who you are? Being comes before doing. This is a call to put first things first. Return to the Lord with this daily pattern of prayer and devotion. Set aside this time as a sanctuary. Find a space free of distraction and follow this pattern. Welcome to The Daily Pattern. If you've been around at all, you know that we've taken a little bit of a break from production over the summer. We've been doing reruns in the summer season, but now it's fall, and we're starting a new series with new content we're excited about. We're starting a series called Reopening the Bible. As everybody's talking about reopening in society, how do we reopen? When do we reopen? Uh, What does that look like? Business, school, travel, sports, workplaces... Uh, We want to ask, though, before we go back to normal, whatever that is, we want to ask, have we learned anything? Before we reopen again, um, are we doing it faithfully? We want to return to God's Word as the foundation for any reopening. And so in this Reopening the Bible series, we're going to look at uh, six key biblical events that have always defined God's people. Things like creation, covenant, the exodus, We want to look at these major texts in Scripture, and the meditations will follow those and comment on those, and we pray that you're blessed as you reopen God's Word and build your life around it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord of the Church, teach us to remember that we are but the dust into which your Spirit breathes. We are earthen vessels. You you have called us to be the treasures of your grace. Lead us to be ambassadors of your kingdom. Show us how to love our neighbor selflessly. Form us into faithful servants. Mold us as obedient followers. Love us and send us in your name. Amen. The Confession Lord, I confess that I have not honored you as I should. I have not been faithful to represent you in my life. I have failed to glorify you and bear witness to your name. I have been a hypocrite I have claimed your name, but denied you before others. I have been a part of the church's turmoil and tension. Cause me 
and all Christians to walk together as people who know that they are yet sinners. Help us to deal with one another, not as the good or the bad, but as the forgiven. Help us to love much, because we are forgiven much by you. Today our reading comes from Searching for Sundays, Loving, Leaving, and Finding the Church by Rachel Held Evans. In Searching for Sundays, Rachel Held Evans explores what it means for imperfect people to be God's church. She discusses the way that she and others have both been hurt and healed by their relationships with communities of believers by sharing experiences related to baptism, communion, confirmation, confession, marriage, vocation, and death. The following passage, Evans ponders what we can learn about the church through examining the way it is often personified as a woman. She writes, What might a woman say about church as she? What might a woman say about the church as a body and bride? Perhaps she would speak of the way a regular body moves through the world, always changing and never perfect capable of nurturing life, not simply through the womb, but through hands, feet, eyes, voice, and brain. Every part is sacred, and every part has a function. Perhaps she would speak of impossible expectations and all the times that she's wasted trying to control herself into the shape of those amorphous silhouettes that flirt from magazines and billboards into her mind. Or of this screwed-up notion of purity as a status, as something awarded by men with tests and checklists, and the power to give it and take it away. Perhaps she would speak of the surprise of seeing herself, flaws and all, in the mirror on her wedding day, or of the reality that with new life comes swollen breasts, dry heaves, dirty diapers, snotty noses, late-night arguments, and a whole army of new dangers and fears she never even considered before, because life-giving isn't nearly as glamorous as it sounds, but it's a thousand times more beautiful. Perhaps she would talk about being underestimated, about surprising people and surprising herself, or about how there are moments when her own strength startles her, and moments when her weakness, her forgetfulness, her fear, and her exhaustion unnerve her. Maybe she would tell of the time in the mountains with bare feet on the ground. She stood tall and wise and felt every cell in her body smile in ascent as she inhaled and exhaled and in one loud second realized, I am alive. I am enfleshed, only to forget it in the next. Or maybe she would explain how none of the categories created for her sum her up or capture her essence. So let's turn the mirror. This is the church. Here she is, lovely, irregular, sometimes sick and sometimes well. It's like the body like no other that God has shaped and placed into the world. Jesus lives here. This is his soul's address. There is a lot to be thankful for, all things considered. She has taken a beating, the church. Every day she meets the gates of hell and she prevails. Every day she serves, stumbles, injures and repairs that she has healed an underrated miracle, that she gives birth is beyond reckoning. Maybe it's time to make peace with her. Maybe it's time to embrace her, flawed as she is. Maybe it's time to smile back. 
Sometimes I think the biggest challenge in talking about the church is telling ourselves the truth about it, acknowledging the scars, staring down the ugly bits, marveling at its resiliency, and believing that this flawed and magnificent body is enough for now to carry us through the world and into the arms of Christ. Benediction from Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.